Everyone knows that there have been dramatic improvements in computers over the last two decades. I could probably take the next 30 minutes and describe all the technical wonders and details of how processing speeds have been doubling every 18 months, or maybe why the internet is so much faster than it was just a generation ago. But there is a much simpler way to describe those changes. How? We're just going to use our ears. In this podcast, I'm going to speak with the CEO of a major audio branding company. His name is Stephen Keller, and he put the sounds behind some of the well-known brands like Cadbury and Purina. And I want you to tune your listening skills as you never have before. We're going to actually let you hear this total evolution of technology. Do you know what that was? Okay, let me tell you. That's the sound of an IBM PC booting into DOS. All right, you may not know what that is, but this computer running DOS changed the world when it debuted in 1981. As a matter of fact, I remember, just to let you know, I had one of these, maybe you did too. Now you can track the progression of the personal computer by just listening to the startup sounds. Okay, do you remember this one? It's from Windows 3.1. Next up, Windows 95. And here we are, Windows 10. Your ears can tell you a lot about the progression of Apple computers, too. When Steve Jobs debuted the original Mac 128 in 1984, its startup sound got a lot of attention. It was so different. Here, take a listen. That annoying beep persisted for the next few editions of the Mac, but eventually, an Apple engineer by the name of Jim Reeks decided he was sick and tired of that sound. So he decided to change it. He designed the sound that Apple users everywhere know and love. And it's not just personal computers. You can track the evolution of the cell phone using sounds too. For a while in the 1990s, Nokia owned the market. Their phones used a default ringtone that was based on a Spanish guitar song from the 19th century. That ringtone was so ubiquitous that it was estimated to have been played, get this, 1.8 billion times a day all around the world. That's 20,000 times a second. And that's enough to drive just about anyone crazy. But it especially got on Steve Jobs' nerves. When the team at Apple was designing the iPhone, he demanded that the ringtones use real sounds, no longer these harsh digital tones. That's how he ended up with the ringtone that marked the end of Nokia's dominance in the cell phone market. Now, we all know that ringtone. And the story of the digital revolution can be told using sound. And that's what we're going to do in this Commando On Demand podcast. It's really amazing. We're going to explore the ringtones, the startup sounds, the audio icons that have come to fill our daily lives. You could use these techniques for good or use these techniques for evil. I'm America's Digital Pro, Kim Commando. And these are the type of topics that I love to explore in our Commando On Demand podcast. I have the ability to get into extended interviews on topics that I love, and you are going to dig this podcast. And if you don't already subscribe to our Commando On Demand podcast, just take a moment and wherever you get your podcasts, make sure that you simply check the subscribe button on your podcast player. Today, we're going to learn about the subtle ways that digital sounds can change our moods, how they can affect our buying decisions, and even change the way we taste food. That's right. I said change the way that our food tastes to us. 
For those of you who weren't computer savvy back in 1995, not many of us were, it's hard to describe the hype that preceded the debut of Windows 95. Bill Gates and his team at Microsoft spent millions of dollars promoting the operating system. It promised to finally unseat the Mac operating system, which had first brought a mouse-driven user interface to the marketplace. Everybody's crazy about it. And then comes Windows 95. Its big innovation was the start button. This allowed you to easily access all your programs and all the features inside your computer. Microsoft, they hooked up with the Rolling Stones and they paid them $3 million to use their hit song, Start Me Up, in the advertising campaigns. Now that's pocket change for a big marketing company now, but back then everybody was astonished that they would spend that kind of money. But the Stones weren't the only rock stars that Bill Gates used for his new operating system. By 1995, the Mac startup sound had become synonymous with Apple's more, like you should say, prestigious products. Windows needed its own startup sound, its own unique identifier. So Microsoft turned to British electronic music pioneer, a gentleman by the name of Brian Eno. Eno had released an album in the 1970s called Music for Airports. It was inspired by the terrible Muzak that he heard while waiting for a plane at a German airport. It was his first attempt at using a sonic palette to color a physical space, so to speak. The album is one of the big reasons Microsoft asked him to develop the new Windows startup sound. He was told to create something that was, quote unquote, inspiring, universal, optimistic, and futuristic. Those adjectives were so generic and boring that he nearly refused the job. But when he was told that it had to be exactly 3.25 seconds long, it got his attention. He was intrigued. It was such a specific challenge that he actually went to work immediately. Now, reportedly, he created 84 different versions of that startup sound. And in the end, Microsoft chose the one that ultimately became synonymous with personal computing in the late 1990s. The Windows 95 startup sound was part of a wave of so-called audio branding that was started in the 90s. Audio branding is closely tied to the computer revolution. After all, computers were just these lifeless chunks of plastic and metal. They needed something to help humanize them for consumers, make people feel more comfortable using them, interacting with them, and trusting them. And that brings us to Steve Keller. He's the CEO of Ivy. It's an audio branding firm that has helped develop the sounds for big brands like Cadbury, Purina, and Chevis. And luckily, I was able to get Steve on the phone with us for this podcast. So let's start at the beginning, Steve. How would you describe the work that you do? It's more an idea of understanding perception and, uh, and behavior and how to craft um, not only a message, but actually to create elements of the design of uh, products and services themselves that would appeal to consumers. I think everyone knows brand logos, say, for example, the Nike swoosh. Are audio logos similar to that? A lot of people aren't aware the degree to which there is bona fide 
science around these ideas that examine what traditionally we might think of as simply being an instinct. We, we now know that we can use sounds in a way that can actually hack our, our perception of things, if you will. And that's that's rooted in empirical science. Okay, what I'd like you to do is just be a little bit more specific. How can sounds affect our perception of things? Originally, um, the startup sound in the Mac was a, was a tritone. I think it actually was a C uh, and, an, and an F sharp combination. Uh, wasn't very pretty. But why did they change it? Eventually, there was another fellow by the name of Jim Reeks that came along that hated that tritone sound and wanted to come up with something that was much more pleasing. Everyone knows that Mac sound Jim Reeks created. It definitely sounds better than the original beep, but why is that? It's programmed to feel like a like a reward. You want your machine to turn on and to start up, and when you hit that button and you hear that sound, you know, everything's right in the world, you're gonna get working, here's the computer that you love working on. So are you saying that it's programmed almost like a reward for us? So what's happening when you hear that sound is there's a little bit of dopamine that gets released in your brain. And dopamine is the the chemical that affects our sense of reward and pleasure. Some people call it the love drug because when you fall in love, that's one of the chemicals that gets generated is, is dopamine. And there's actually an addictive quality to it. Okay, that sounds crazy. How can a sound become addictive? You like that dopamine. And once you start associating that sound um, with pleasure and there's that little jolt of dopamine, the more that happens, um, the more it becomes something that you just love and you're locked into it. That sounds Pavlovian. Yes. It's, I mean, it's, it's Pavlov's dog is is the the you know from from the old science experiment where Pavlov had a, had a dog and he would uh, ring a bell and when he rang a bell he would give him some food and uh, over time he conditioned them basically that whenever he would ring the bell they would salivate whether there was food there or not okay it's time for a pop quiz for our podcast listeners do you recognize this audio logo <laughs> Still ahead, we're going to find out if you got it right, Smarty Pants. And also, we're going to reveal how sounds can actually affect the taste of food. Okay, did you guess our audio logo? Let's listen just one more time. That's the sound of one of the most recognizable audio logos in the entire world. At one point, oh my gosh, get this, 90% of the world's population recognized that sound as Intel, you know, the chip maker. And we're speaking with Steve Keller. He's an audio branding expert. So Steve, why was Intel's logo so wildly successful? Intel did something really interesting and brilliant from a marketing standpoint. When you think about Intel in terms of the product, it's a chip. The Intel chip. How many of us actually go out and buy Intel chips? Not many, I'm guessing. Intel went to all of these computer companies and said, tell you what, we'll cut a deal. We'll pay for a percentage of your media buy. And all we ask in turn is that at the end of your 
Dell commercial or your compact commercial, you show our visual logo and you play our audio logo. Call 1-800-329-9348 to buy now. You'll get one great PC and three great gifts. It's only a click or call away. Get more out of the new year with Dell. Get more out of now. Dell PCs use Intel Pentium 4 processors. And so all of a sudden we're hearing this in multiple commercials all the time. And it was that association with seeing Intel, hearing Intel in so many places over time that cemented it into our our psyche. For every great advertising campaign, there are at least 100 terrible ones. There must be plenty of examples of companies that have tried and failed with their own audio branding. There are uh, a lot of things that we hear that maybe conjure up unpleasant associations. Uh, And it's the worst thing that a brand can do to have an unpleasant sonic association, particularly if it's something that consumers hear all the time. Can you think of an example? A few years ago, Sunchips wanted to create a biodegradable bag, but nobody ever stopped to think about what was happening when they were putting the materials together to create the bag. And they wound up with a bag that was so loud, it was so jarring that these videos started popping up on YouTube. But there is a downfall to this technology, and and the downfall is this bag is freaking loud. Uh, I'm holding it pretty steady because I don't want to give it away, but we're going to do a little scientific test today. Uh, I've got with my me right here, this is a, a, a decimal meter from Radio Shack, and uh, I've got a regular bag of chips and, and, and a bag of sun chips, and we're just going to see uh, exactly how many decibels this thing puts out just from normal crinkling. So... They eventually had to pull that particular bag from the shelves. There was 11% drop in the, in their revenue in that time period. And it's just an example of what can happen if you don't think about sound. Earlier, we were talking about the pleasing sounds of the Mac startup. But there are so many digital sounds in our daily lives that are so, I guess you'd say, incredibly annoying. Is that something you think about? Alarm fatigue. For example, this is, you know, the the area of sound in healthcare is something that I and a number of other individuals are really interested in. And when we think about healthcare, we think and think about our our experience in hospitals. Usually we don't think of those as sonically pleasant. There's a young lady who had an experience. She's an artist. After her stay in the hospital, she had a thought. She started sampling all the sounds she was hearing, and she actually just changed the pitches so that they'll recognize all the alarm sounds. But when they were all playing, uh, they formed a major tonalities as opposed to minor and dissonant. That's the sound of a Japanese musician by the name of Yoko K. And she's changing the sounds of hospital alarms to become more pleasing and less frightening. It's just one example of something that Steve calls psychoacoustics. It's the idea that sounds can change the way we think and perceive the world around us. 
So Steve, what's another example of psychoacoustics? When a restaurant is really noisy, uh, a couple of things happen. Our perception of the flavor of the food is actually dulled, but we also tend to consume more. Now, for some restaurants, they may like that, but if it's a cacophony of sound, most consumers will find that unpleasant and may not return to the restaurant. Okay, I'm really intrigued by this. Did you just say that sounds can change the way people taste their food? So one of the pieces that we did was we looked at sound and spiciness. Could we have an impact on your perception of how spicy, and by spicy we mean hot, how hot the dish was by what we were putting in your ears as well as what we were putting in your mouth. So what did you find out? that faster tempos, higher pitches, a little bit of distortion in the sound, fast attack, fast decay, and not surprisingly, maybe a cultural cue, such as a Brazilian samba, as opposed to a Native American drumming pattern, would heighten your sense of of spiciness. How could a restaurant use your research? By paying attention to the color choice that they use in the restaurant, to the textures, to the aromas, and to the sounds. If you can align all of those things together, a dining experience will be one that for most patrons, they're going to enjoy, number one. Number two, the research shows that they're gonna pay more money for it and that they'll be back. I am so astonished by how much sound can affect our decision-making, even more when I think about how this kind of research can be used in advertising. Is there a risk psychoacoustics is maybe, say, too manipulative? I think as consumers, we just need to uh, be more aware. I think that you can use it for good or you can use it for evil. I do my best to make sure that we're kind of looking at how are we using Um, these techniques to make brands more meaningful. But how do you do that? I'm really drawn to ideas of how we can use sound beyond, you know, increasing the likelihood that somebody's going to purchase something. How are we using it from a brand sense to really make the world a better place? So now you know sounds are so important. Every little sound that your digital device, your phone, your computer makes, it's actually there for a reason. And maybe the sounds are there to make you feel more relaxed or to get your attention. And making the world a better place is exactly what Brian Eno had in mind some 40 years ago when he created music for airports. This calming musical score to smooth over a stressful experience. Gosh knows we still need that today, don't we? In a world filled with, well, seemingly endless digital noise, we could certainly use a little bit more of that. I'd like to thank Steve Keller, the CEO of Ivy, for joining me today for this podcast. I think it was really fabulous. I'm America's digital pro, Kim Commando. Hey, thanks for listening. And by the way, so many people have asked me, this is not the Kim Commando Show radio show podcast. To find my show nearest you, head over to commando.com slash radio. And if you want to watch or listen to my show anytime on your schedule, go behind the scenes, watch the show being recorded, use our message boards, be part of the community, head over to getkim.com. Once again, that's getkim.com. And I'll see you next time. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.